Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Cold. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And it's still Christmas time or the holidays or solstice or whatever you do or don't practice. (laughs) It is the time for giving, the time for sharing, and we are sharing with you another Christmas horror episode with our friends from Fright School. Joe and Joshua are joining us to celebrate the season. Yay! 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 You guys are the, the gift that keeps on giving in my life, I must say. I just adore you both. Um, and I'm so excited to have you on today. It's like opening a little advent calendar I know. of friendship. Yeah, that is true. Because you all, uh, your last episode was Krampus and Gremlins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, so awesome. we are now in week two mm-hmm. of our Christmas Spectacular. And tonight... Two very, you know what, I don't know that we, did we purposely do this or did we just pick two out and they just happen to both be Christmas horror foreign films? I, I curated this collection, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was just like shot in the dark and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, no, I know I know. 99% of my life is just pulled right out of my asshole, but for this one, I actually did try to prepare something. So tonight we are watching yeah. 2010's Rare Exports and 2019? Is no. that when Saint? When is no, Saint? 2010 as well. Also. Oh, seriously? Well, you know what? I was going to say, knowing that Saint was made in 2019 makes me feel a little bit better about some of my notes, but at the same time, no, it doesn't. Saint was made in 2010, 2010. you know, go ahead. 2010, <laughs> I mean. I meant 2010. <laughs> you know what? Real talk, guys, I've been hitting the nog. <laughs> and that's why. That's obviously why. Because I've been hitting the nog. I I've, wish you were hitting the nog. I w- it would be funnier if I was yeah. hitting the nog. <laughs> we should have an episode where you hit the nog real hard. Dude, I can't even imagine getting drunk on just eggnog. Like, it's just feels I think so I would throw up before fun. I actually got drunk. Eggnog is far too rich. Yeah. I mean, I've had some Bailey's drunks, and they're weird. Like, I'm yeah. just going to admit. <laughs> um, Lots of, you know, the cream. It's, the, it's <laughs> all the cream inside of it. Mm-hmm. That it sounded is. weird. That's not what I meant. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's what he meant. <laughs> um, all right, that. so w- shall we start with rare exports? Does that work for everybody? Sure. All right. Um, th- you're in charge. Remember that, Joe. This is their show. They're in charge. <laughs> oh, I was. I didn't say anything. What? Let's not, let's not try to host like we did the last time. We get. Are you saying this because that's what you are? Here. This is a, your reminder. Are hey. you projecting? Hey, don't you psycho babble at me. <laughs> Sorry, anyways, go, see, we're already taking over. Sorry, I'm, go ahead. See, I'm upset because the reason I bought you odd was because I didn't feel like actually doing any of the work this week. So I'm a little sad. <laughs> we got, yeah, we, you're on for the legwork and we're just going to be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He takes notes. Like, look at him. He's got all his notes. Like, he's got three books on the side. He probably, like, consulted a Finnish language expert, you know, <laughs> like. Oh, I can, I can relate because, God forbid, I have a little research that i did jackie bust my balls about <laughs> um, just a tad 
Which in truth is just all good fun because I'm just as much as like the history nerd where I'm like looking shit up at the same time. It's just, it's just fun. Marissa gets so many opportunities to make fun of me for stuff and I don't get ever to make fun of her too much. So the little bits that I can like pick at her, I'll take, I'll take shots. I would feel like if we went through and tallied the, like who makes fun of whom, it would be pretty. Really? How many times do I tell you you're out of your bird, Marissa? I don't know, Grinch. <laughs> I'm not a Grinch. Eddie, not a Grinch. Wait, no, no. We're going to pose this question real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Gentlemen. Okay, Marissa thinks Joshua you either... is in the Grinch school, so you don't, you no, won't no, get no. to count me, him. Me, me, me. <laughs> Marissa thinks you either love Christmas or hate Christmas. And I think that you can think Christmas is perfectly fine without being a Christmas fanatic and that that does not make you a Grinch but Marissa thinks because I don't love Christmas I am a Grinch I think Christmas is perfectly fine no my argument here (laughs) if I may clarify (laughs) is that I think you're either a huge fan of this time of year or you're someone who's just tolerating it I I want to come out in this podcast and say that I too believe the same way that Jackie does is that I like Christmas for me is fine. Like I love Christmas music, but I only love it like these weeks of the year. Like I'm not a 365 type person. No offense to our dear friend who has a podcast called Christmas 365, but but like for me, it's just like I there's so much like I grew up with like Christmas being such a very like high religious holiday. So there's like all of that religious stuff that's worked into it that is difficult to take out of it. And so for me, it's like I'm starting to reinvent it as more secular. But then I also celebrate like, well, I mean, not like truly celebrate, but like culturally celebrate other winter holidays as well, because, you know, there's just so many winter holidays. But yes, I'm in the Jackie camp on this one where it's like, I'm not like a super duper love Christmas. And it, and I always find it just a, like a little strange when people who didn't grow up like super religious are really like into Christmas, because I'm just like, it's like, you guys are really excited for something that's not necessarily about the birth of Jesus, but like Frosty the Snowman <laughs> and, and all this stuff. describes me, actually. So that's, yeah. that works out, yeah, it's fair. Because <laughs> I, like, I have a friend who, like, she uh, she just, like, would listen to Christmas music 365 days a year. She would, you know, have her Christmas tree up her entire, you know, her entire life. And she's also, like, a queer woman. So, like, that, I'm like, oh, my God, a queer person has a good relationship to the holidays. <laughs> like that's amazing but I was just I was recently talking to her about it and it's just like yeah I like it and I like giving gifts and I like receiving gifts but I'm not like you know I I'm not like oh my god I'm gonna wear red and green every day but I also would not consider myself a Grinch though but 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 yeah so I'm I'm in that kind of camp of like Christmas is good um and I will say, if you say happy Hanukkah to me on the street, I will say it right back to you. Like, <laughs> I'm not a like, Merry Christmas. No, <laughs> like, those people yeah. suck. Right. Yeah. Joshua? I just, yeah, I don't, it's not even like, I don't know. I'm in the camp that's like, there's a thing going around where it's not about Christmas for the Grinch. It's about people. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I definitely kind of feel that. It's not really necessary that I hate Christmas. It's just I hate like a lot of the stuff that gets like wrapped up into it. And obviously like I grew up, you know, like 
most of us like really poor and Christmas was just this time of like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I mean we can't afford anything we can't do anything you know I suck as a mother I you know what I mean that's kind of like what you know that was the story a lot where I'm like I thought it was perfectly fine you know we got movies and we hung out and we ate and we drank you know what I mean it's like the things that like matter is what mattered you know so when I moved out of the house like I just kind of abandoned Christmas and didn't celebrate it for a really long time and then I started remaking it in my own image with like scary Christmas and you know kind of throwing these parties where we watch films like we're watching today I've shown rare exports at three or four of my parties (laughs) um you know, so it's like, you know, you find ways to love it. And then after I lost my mom, like the, the the holidays have become even more important because it's just like, I do have this like sense of like, I have a very strong family now, like of, of friends of people who aren't, you know, blood related, but they're, you know, very intensely important. And so like this year really sucks because it's like, I just really started getting into the holidays and now we can't have anything. You know, um, I also I like our tree is gorgeous and weird. And I just, you know, it's like, I think that there's this, uh, this other part that I've been sort of missing out on about how like elegant and beautiful like decorating can be. Um, I think I'm one of the few people that fucking loves Melania Trump's um, uh, <laughs> decor. That shit was That's incredible. the pull quote. Joshua loves Melania Trump. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, I'm going to cut it there to just be like, I actually love Melania Trump. And then right. <laughs> the episode's just going to end. That image, though, of the hall with like the like birch or whatever it is. And it's the because lighting. it looks like the, oh. the bloody elevator scene from The Shining. That's why you like it. Well, like, that one, but I mean the one where she had just the twigs, like the twigs, and they're all uplit, and it's just gorgeous. So I don't know. That's Weird. just me. Weirdly, those are the those are the branches that she beats the small children with. So it doesn't make sense that you like those. No, just she's kidding. like, you're not best. You're not best. Um, yeah, yeah. She's definitely one of Krampus's uh, Bell's uh, Nichols or whatever they're called. She's definitely Bell's Nichols of the White House. Yeah, sure. but anyway, so that's kind of my thing. It's not really necessarily that I hate Christmas. I hate a lot of the shit around it. I hate a lot of this. Like, you know, it's just insane to me that it's like we all sit down and we have Thanksgiving and I'm so thankful for you and I'm so thankful for you and I'm so but I will kill you for a TV tomorrow. You know, it's just, it's just shameful. <laughs> it is. It, unfortunately, so. I agree. I agree with you so much. Like I've, I think I've been taking it back in my old age. So I kind of like, I kind of get what you're saying. Like I'm really, it means a lot to me to create this kind of magical moment for my family. Cause I never had it. And it was always so yeah. crappy as a kid. It's also, I think a little bit of a, like, yes, I was raised in a Catholic household, but I was also raised in like a kooky Latino household where we celebrated Noche Buena and it was like a fucking party, bro. Like it was never about the religion for my family. And I'm sure that's really horrible to some people, but for us, it was always just about like hanging out, drinking, partying, like, being around the people you love and that was always something I was so quick to get behind but yeah fuck the commercialism of it all fuck the religiousness of it all I'm so into pagan celebrations of Christmas anyway it's ridiculous my kids are probably more into and aware of Krampus than they are of (laughs) (laughs) my favorite is when my daughter asks things like who's in the manger in that under the tree there who's that little guy (laughs) I'm like wow there is a special place in hell for all of us friends and and it's because we made the choice to raise them without like an organized religion so we try to educate them but they'll crack me up sometimes because they'll be like how do you know it's his birthday? I'm like, because they made it up. <laughs> you know, so I probably, they chose it. It's okay, you guys. It's nice of you to cover for Jackie. She One day her Grinch heart will grow. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. 
you know, Joshua's right. Joshua, like seeing how Joshua celebrates the holidays over the years, that's actually one of the main reasons why I've started to turn a little bit like in my thinking about it. Cause it's like, you can remake your, you can, you know, remake it in your own image as it were. And <laughs> just like the thing is like, I remember, I mean, the first time I, I brought my boyfriend over to Joshua's house, I was like, okay, you're going to see things. <laughs> But but just remember, we're at Gomez and Morticia's house. <laughs> and then I, I just wish I could have done that. Like, I think he came over. Yeah, because I brought him over and it was Christmas and he saw like the tree and everything. And I'm like, yes, yeah, so just, you know, this is not <laughs> this is like beautiful. I mean, like I I'm 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 teasing, of course, but, you know. <laughs> Now I'm uh, dying to know what you saw that day. <laughs> like, the no, usual. <laughs> no, it's it's fair. I, I also wonder, like, I'm going to bring up our friend Matt Kelly here because I'm like, I think I'm doing a little bit of like a sociological experiment. I want to see how my kids grow up with their relationship with Christmas because it's yeah. like, I mean, we're still poor, but I kind of fake it. You know what I mean? Like, I still make it seem like we're we're living the normal life. And like, I'm curious if they're going to grow <laughs> well, up. Well, poverty just... is the normal life. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so i'm curious to see if they grow up with like a healthy relationship with christmas like you know what i mean yeah. like i'm i mean i'm sure i'm fucking it up somehow you know like scaring them with crumpus and crap like that but i you know like we'll see what happens you know if they if they grow up not like expecting like like expecting like the material if they're not completely um enthralled and shitty with the material if they're not veruca salt you know about everything then you've done your job like and i think that's one of the best things like for when i look at how i grew up i'm like yeah i grew with all this religiosity but at the same time like i um, i don't think i'm a shitty person and like christmas is so easy for me like it's so difficult for me to tell people what i want because it's just like i uh, shut up joshua (laughs) so you um Christmas is so easy for me because it's like if I want something I can just go out and like get it myself and so I don't really want anything but you know I'm always appreciative when people you know oh I got this and I thought of you and I'm like that's great I'm glad man you guys are such better people than I am like I'm like I'm like I well, yeah, like my Amazon all. wish list is like four pages long I've sent it to Marissa Chad has it my mom has it like well, we all know oh, that yeah, I'm spoiled. That's nothing not, new. That's Me being true. a spoiled you brat are. is absolutely not news <laughs> on this show. My wish list sucks, though. It's like, you know, a bunch of, like, cooking stuff and, you know, like, a different various teas, like, <laughs> various, <laughs> various teas and an electric tea kettle. That's, that's what getting really old cute. with somebody is about for the holidays, like, oh practical God, shit. Right? Oh, you yeah. Know? No, Chad so. and I agreed that, like, we're trying to save up money for a fence, so we said for Christmas this year, like, let's right. not go nuts. We're yeah. like, let's just get each other something small and then put extra money into our savings account for our fence. So, yeah, like we got each other like one little thing and then we're we're trying to to hunker down and put money in the savings account right now. Yeah, there it I is. I don't even have the luxury <laughs> to shop for the adults in my life. I just have to worry about coming up with my kids' presents. So Matt and I are like, oh, yeah, happy Merry Christmas. Like, I get them like a <laughs> like socks like i'm like here you go <laughs> and that's, that's totally what the party's what, for yeah. you know it's like people come over we're drinking we're together that's all we need, happy right? holidays exactly <laughs> so jackie ago. do you do you do this the feast of the seven fishes is that is oh do you do okay <laughs> i don't oh, uh, we growing up we did the feast of seven fishes 
But like we would cheat and my dad would make seafood bisque and put like four of the seven in the bisque. So like that counted as four, even though it was one dish. I also don't eat fish. So I grew up eating canned tuna fish and that was my feast of seven fishes because I don't like fish. So yeah, if I feast of seven fish, it's with a can of tuna, but generally, no, I don't, I don't okay. abide by, yeah. I don't she, abide by that. At, during the holidays, I like to leave an extra plate at the kid table with some chicken fingers and tater tots for Jackie just to be safe. <laughs> <laughs> the um, feast of seven dinosaur nuggies. chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we, should we talk about some movies? I love it. Everything about this, but I guess we can talk about some movies. Let's, let's, like. di- let's dive into rare exports. Okay. Yalmari Helander. Uh, a finish. I think that's a good. That's Thank a good... you. Thanks. I did. I <laughs> yes. practiced. I practiced. <laughs> you should see me during teaching my neuro uh, neurology of psychology lessons, where I'm like norepinephrine. It ain't easy being like an English language learned second kind of gal in the world of psychology and, and medicine, um, and apparently in the world of Finnish directors. Um, so. It's based on actually two shorts, which I really am glad I got to know because I don't know if I, any of you guys watched the, the second one, Rare Exports Official Safety Instructions, but it was awesome. Um, and it was kind of like the, the elves aren't behaving themselves. It's like their product goes bad and they have to like issue recalls and stuff. It's fun. Um, but anyway, um, Jackie, would you would you dazzle us with a short little synopsis today? I can. I can. So... Uh, uh, I mean, how do I even, it's been so long since I synopsed that I'm trying to like know, compartmentalize synopsis. it. So it's not 45 minutes, but basically Santa is found within a mountain, but it's not the Santa we know. I guess it's more of a Krampus kind of Santa. So they find Johnny Alphabets in the mountain. <laughs> that's, his, that's his mob name is Johnny yeah. Alphabet. And so but they, they release basically the, the elves and the elves are coming to town to take all of the naughty children, you know, the kids that, you know, talk back to their parents and they use swear words and they aren't just generally happy uh, kids. And, you know, then they discover the the little group of people that we are with in the movie. They realize what's going on and they basically have to destroy Santa. Yeah, no, that was awesome. You did a great yeah. job there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my first big thing with this film is the uh, very glaring lack of, of women. I thought that was a really interesting choice. Um, I, and I think it's like, a, to me, it spoke to like the hyper-masculinized nature of like this little tiny rural town on a mountain in Finland. Um, but I don't know. I thought that was kind of an interesting choice that they made. Like this idea. Kind of like of, the like, thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where there's like an obvious lack of, of any sort of, you know womanly and you know what though I here's here's my hot take I almost kind of liked it because it showed how the father had to be both mother and father like I thought it was sweet that he was the one that has to do the cooking and you know he made the gingerbread cookies like mom used to make and obviously mom's not there anymore and he had to be the caretaker and he had I liked that he had to take on both role of mother and father which I thought like this in the moment when they were sitting down having breakfast and you know obviously dad burnt the breakfast dad is not used to cooking it showed that you know I guess mom hasn't been gone all that long and when he burnt the breakfast you know it's just like all you have is cookies and and Pietro even says like is this all we're having is gingerbread cookies and he's like 
yeah, here, eat up. Here's your glass of milk. Here's your gingerbread, which by the way, the only food that's shown in the whole entire movie has was gingerbread cookies. That's all they ate. And like every scene that they're eating is gingerbread cookies. But no, I didn't mind the fact that there wasn't because it was the opportunity to show the sensitivity of the father that he had to play both roles as mother and father. Right. Instead of it just being a heartwarming tale of child labor and uh, labor trafficking. Mm -hmm. Which which is way more. So I got to say, I hated the dad and I hated the, the like, general i know and i'm so sorry to contradict you here i just felt like there was are you are you sorry no i'm so happy to do all right i'm gonna retract i'm so happy here to disagree with you (laughs) because at the end of the day i think the hyper masculinity that is pushed on this little boy like broke my heart i don't know why like and you're right the father seemed you know okay and i thought there was a nice arc there and part of the story to me was a very like you know um you know the boy growing up kind of tropes um because it's him against the bullies him against the society whatever but like it had like a um bildungs roman that's what it ah, is <laughs> yeah roman. yeah so on the tip um, of my tongue it was on the tip of my tongue marissa sorry <laughs> thought it was an interesting like seeing them struggle financially and have to come up with a new export and then it wind up being slave labor was such a fun, fascinating thing to kind of play around with. That's, I mean, I read this as a very dark, twisted, comedic take on like so much of the stuff we just talked about loving and hating right. about the holidays. Um, go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry, Jackie. Tell me more think, about how, much, how heartwarming it was. <laughs> well, if, if anything, I, I don't, I don't like the big, I didn't like the beginning and the treatment of, you know, Peter or whatever. I'm going to call him Peter. I'm sorry to, you know, <laughs> uh, Peter or whatever its name is. Um, I didn't like that because I, I typically just don't like movies where the kids obviously are more like they know what's going on, but no one believes them. Like I have a really, I have a really difficult problem with that because, you know, that's because that's such a thing that happens right now is like, you know, the kids like, oh no, you're fine. Like, I hate that. Like, you're fine type of thing and sometimes it's true and sometimes it's like well no maybe we should listen to the children but maybe there are evil elves running around maybe there are these evil (laughs) elves running around um i just thought it was so um where where i thought it got really funny was when um he like he checks the wolf trap and then he finds like you know this santa claus elf person and then he immediately went to let's dismember him (laughs) And then immediately went to, okay, now we have to like hold him for ransom. And uh oh, he's American. I'm like, oh, I see the blue passport. Now we're we're fucked for we're fucked for real because he's American. But I just was like, okay, now this is this is now a movie that I can get on board with because before it was just like watching an oh an obviously overwhelmed single father uh trying to not only provide for himself but his son and you know and again like i think one thing about like at least the beginning part of the film the relationship between the two of them is the fact that like he just may not have the words for it like he's one of those people where his his actions that are part of that love when in actuality it could be he needs to listen and he needs to actually speak words of affirmation as opposed to acts of service um hashtag five love languages um so I, I, don't, I don't know but like but once they once they catch the elf that's when i started to enjoy the movie more because i was like okay now we're in the 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 fun horrory part of it that uh that i was kind of expecting from the beginning um 
Oh, the only thing, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to say this, not being a parent, not ever wanting to be a parent, but I think it's really fucked up. I, I don't know. I'm going to look to my two psychology babies over here. Like, what is, I don't know what the term is. I guess like the behavior modification that you expect in the month of December, like with Elf on the Shelf and the you better be good for goodness sake. Like no one ever tells you to be good because Santa Claus is watching in the month of March. You know, like I don't understand the whole pressure of you have to be good to get presents kind of thing. I think that's a little bit fucked up. And I know that that's kind of what this story revolves around because the the naughty kids are the ones that are taken kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I like, those are all my thoughts that I'm going to spit out onto the plate, but I don't know, like, the proper terminology. If I, I don't know if I'm, like, connecting all the dots there. I, I mean, I, huh, I'm not, because <laughs> I feel like, especially with young children, that you could weaponize that the whole year <laughs> but yeah. i mean i don't i don't have kids either um you know so i yeah i'm not exactly sure um because yeah i feel like i remember growing up like especially with my younger brother like that would be said any time of year if he was being a real dickhead you know <laughs> you know i i gotta say i don't think my kids for not even a second of their lives legitimately worried about not getting presents because of their behavior. And like, I don't know if that's like, fuck, like shame on you, Marissa, you suck at this game. Or if it's like, like, I always, I don't know, like I find it problematic. Yeah. I mean, I've never really threatened like the the jokes I make with them about like Belshnickel and all that kind of stuff are all just that. They're like all tongue in cheek and they're very me in the way that they think it's all funny. But I, I've never legitimately threatened their like behavior modification through this idea of be good or else. Um, I have you taught. Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. Just for clarification, yeah. have you actually taught them that Santa is real? So no, no. That's another them, I think important distinction. I think so too. So I actually had a really interesting experience with this because when I finally, when they were old enough to comprehend, and they both already don't believe, and they both stopped believing very early, and I think it's because we never really pushed some mythological ideology of religion down their throats because they were very quick to be like, "You guys are the ones doing this, right?" <laughs> like, <laughs> and and as on one hand I was so upset, but on the other hand they were like, "Why did you lie to us for all those years?" Because again, it wasn't tethered to. Our religious ideology it was just like this weird tradition that we did and what I always like I remember my youngest being like why would you have lied to me like I hate that you lied to me and it was a really weird moment for us in our relationship because she was kind of like can you not do this anymore like the tooth fairy and all this shit like uh, and 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 I've respected her wishes and I was very upfront moving forward about everything which I don't know was the right just choice or not but like now it's a very like we take the spirit of giving and doing good for the sake of being good. Like, and that's how I'm raising them. Like, don't be a shitty person. Like, I don't really care. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fuck shit up. You're going to take the cookie when you shouldn't like, you just got to fucking grow and be a good person for the sake of being a good person. And I think that that marks all year for us. So this, this time of year, I never think to parent in that way. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever been like seriously threatening them with, with Santa. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a big push of like, you know, in our culture, 
because the the everyday things that are truly magical and truly wondrous and truly miraculous about humans, about our universe, about science, all of that, we're very dismissive of, you know, so there's this idea that children should have this fantasy world where magic exists and all, you know, so I think there's a lot of cultural pressure to kind of, so I, I, yeah, if I had kids, I, I wouldn't, we had a whole conversation because of my nephew, you know, he's two and, and, and we were uh, prepping like a gift for him. And Jeffrey's like, well, should we write it's from Santa Claus or from his uncles? I'm like, I, we're going to write from uncles because I'm not really interested in, 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 you know, um, perpetuating the lie. Yeah. Perpetuating <laughs> mythology, you know, and, and his mother's very religious and believes in Jesus and Hey, that's great. And that's fine. And that's her, you know, she can definitely do whatever she wants. Um, she's also a very sweet, kind person as a, as all of her family from who I met, you know, so it's like, I can't, you know, I can't really group them with like terrible Christian types, you know, that I do know. So, it's, you know, it's at that balance, like it's her kid, but I'm just not wanting to participate in that. And I couldn't see like, if I had a kid that that would be something I would use. I, and I just think there's a lot of lazy, you know, it's just like anything, you know, if you set your kid in front of the television all day, if you, you know, if you have to use those excuses rather than having conversations, but again, I'm not a parent. So I, I don't want to judge. And I don't want people listening to this to think I'm judging them for their, for the choices they have to make, especially given we live in a very uh, oppressive capitalist patriarchal system <laughs> that you know forces a lot of exhaustion on people. So you do no, what I, you got to do. I think no, I think it's fair. I, I agree with everything you said. I, I was always big on it's from the person, like anything outside of our house. Santa only came to our house. Like I always wanted them to be thankful and appreciative of other people being generous. So right. I'm with you on that. And yeah, I kind of am with you about lazy. It is fucking exhausting to correct your kids when they're being shitty. Kids are shitty a lot. And like, I really more than anything, just want to raise not shitty people. Like that's yeah. why I bought kids into this world because I consider myself a decent human being and I just want there to be more of us than there are of them. And like, <laughs> that's, like so much of my philosophy of bringing kids into this world revolved around that. But they also live in a really fucked up time. So I think some of the stuff is just kind of keeping a little bit of magic and a little bit of wonder around yeah. them. Just for well, the I think, and I think it speaks to what we've all kind of said in our own way about, you know, making Christmas in our own image, essentially, you know, like the idea that, yeah, okay, you know, there is no Santa that's got that naughty and nice list, but the idea that each of us in our own way gets to be Santa because we find a gift for someone, we pick it out, you know, we put thought into it. And then, you know, you kind of do that whole little magic of Christmas is in all of us. And, mm -hmm. you know, again, as long as you're not a shitty person. And I, I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. Me too. So, Jackie, I actually did a little research. Color me surprised because normally, I mean, it's just pulling teeth to get you to even talk on the show. Uh, I agree. Um, I feel a little attacked, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> um, I, first of all, I find it interesting how, all right, guys, I'm going to throw this out there. There is so much mythology about like an evil figure who comes and beats you and or punishes you that I'm more inclined to believe in Yulupuki than I am anything. Like I, like I, 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 the more research I did, the more like old, like I found literally thousands years old tapestries with drawings of this goat monster thing. And I'm like, dude, this is the thing I'm going to believe in. If I have to really believe in a mythical figure because every so many different areas, so many different geographical and like cultural areas have this very mythology that I find it so fascinating. 
Um, and I mean, I, I'm assuming we all know the evolution of how Santa became Santa and how America ruined it. Like they ruined, ruined everything. I love that this film references the Coca-Cola Santa. Cause let's be honest, that really was the like, in my head that and nightmare uh nightmare before christmas night before christmas were the two turning points for santa but like mm-hmm. i don't know man if I, I it's almost like i want to go into the mountains and hunt for the real santa like <laughs> there's got to be a goat-like creature who eats little children around this time of year long before christianity came along and steamrolled everything the pagan culture and the pagan beliefs in this are fascinating to me so i just kind of wanted to throw that out there see if anybody else had those kinds of experiences why do you think the devil looks like a horned goat? Right? There's got to be mean, something. Right. Yeah, like there's the, like taking those beliefs and making them the bad side, you know, taking pulling those pagan ideologies about, you know, the horned god and, you know, those sorts of those sorts of practices and then making that the the side of evil, you know, even though we're slaughtering you by the thousands and 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 forcing this colonialism, you know, and uh, on onto you and our religion and our faith, but we're the good guys, and your your guy is actually the devil, um, it, or at least you know, or whatever the, the language, you know. I, I, it just sort of makes sense that that then gets paired with like, you know, as we go through, like, well, Santa is the good guy, and then you know the the horned guy, Krampus, you know, Krampus or the uh, Yulapuki or you know. I knew you these. were going to pronounce it. And it was going to no, sound awesome. I, I don't it. think I have no idea. I'm just having to make shit up as well. Um, it's kind of like our um, "Let the Right One In" uh, episode where it's like, "Yoke, yoke." <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Of course, that's they're all walking around saying it just like that. Um, you know, so I just yeah, I think I don't think it's a I, I just don't think there's any coincidence in that, especially with like Christian Christianity, imperial imperialistic Christianity, um, you know, Catholicism, you know, those sorts of things kind of going through and um, kind of forcing those sorts of uh, deities into that uh, space, um, the, the inhabiting the bad space, you know. Same reason why it's, you know, not a surprise. And I guess we'll talk a little bit more about this with the, with Saint, with Saint, um, you know, having, you know, Krampus also be, or like the, the, these um, creatures be, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Accompanied by, uh, on the face, black people, <laughs> you know? So it's like, there's a lot, there's a lot happening in that, in, in, in what we're being told. I can't wait in sin to unpack Black Peter because I find it to be a fascinating <laughs> trope. Um, so are we are we basically saying that like Krampus, Johnny Alphabet, like they're all like they're basically pagan elf on a shelf, like just like because <laughs> because I think that's what it is. I mean, if you think about if you think about original Grimm's fairy tales and you know the kind of harshness the uh, raising people with the harshness that is like life is you know very difficult and you just know this is their way of saying like hey don't be a shitty person because this horned god is going to come and put you in a sack and replace you with a doll i i mean so like that was so when it's like all the potato sacks are gone and now there's these creepy dolls everywhere i'm like oh this is great i wonder if we're <laughs> gonna get wonder what kind of violence uh, violence we're gonna see with children um but but yeah, I think maybe that's also part of it, too, is because, you know, those the, you know, before modern political borders, those people were all kind of basically the same 
you know, from the same kind of tribe, you know, and in Scandinavia and all that area. So it makes, it would make sense that there's these different, this um, kind of collective vision of this, but everything Joshua said about like, you know, colonialism and, and especially when we get to talk to Sint about like, you know, the Bishop of Myra, <laughs> the Bishop of Myra coming in and um, which I did love. And so when we, when we get there, I'll, I'll tell you more, but I, I think, I, I think there's something to be said about like, it's just, we're just doing the same thing, but like we've like sanitized it and made it like this, like creep, still very creepy looking elf on a shelf. And, and like, I, I, I listened once to my cousin talk about like how he um, has been doing elf on a shelf for years with his kids. And for me, I'm just like, have you read Michel Foucault? Like, have you read the, <laughs> have you read the Panopticon of the police take? That's what it is. Like, <laughs> like you're like, they're always being watched. And I'm like, the very fact that there's a song, like he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. I'm like, I've never sat well with that. I'm like, what? Santa sees me all the time. I don't want anyone <laughs> to see me yeah. all the time. That's an old Calvin and Hobbes uh, comic strip where it's like th that, you know, yeah. kindly old elf or CIA spook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I swear to God, I'm going to write, write a book about the psychological traumas of Christmas songs because I can't, I can never get over I saw Mama <laughs> kissing Santa Claus and all that shit. Like, grandma got run over by reindeer. These songs are fucking traumatizing. No, um, you know what? Yeah, like it is, you have to just, you sometimes have to take a step back and just see like the manipulation of children. And I know there's like the idea of like, you know, kids can't think for themselves. You know, you never ask a child if they want to do something, you tell the child what they're going to do. Like, I remember growing up, my mom would, you know, and I'm talking like, I'm like preteen teenager years, but my mom would be like, you know, hey, Jack, you know, you want to, you want to empty the dishwasher? And I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, I don't. And she'd always be like, okay, let me rephrase it go empty the dishwasher. And like, I remember at one point, like, as I got older, we, we had that conversation, like when my nephew was born and things like that. And my mom is like, you know, you can't ask a child what they want. You have to tell a child what they want. And I think up like in the beginning, I'm sure, you know, you can't ask a two-year-old, what do you want for dinner? Cause they're going to be like chocolate or Skittles or fucking whatever. Like you do have to make educated choices for a child, for the health and safety of a child, which I'm not saying my mother made those comments in any sort of, you know, you know, horrific way. You do it because you think you're doing what's best for the child, I'm assuming. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass because not a parent. But at the same time, I you think know, we've got another podcast here. Like Dr. Spock, Dr. Jackie, like just fucking wax about parenting. I am. Jackie. I'm just going to, I'm going to get on my soapbox. But, but no, like I, now I don't even remember where I was going, but yeah, like just the manipulate, I think it's shitty that you manipulate children, but I also understand that like sometimes choices are made for a child's safety right. and well-being. But I don't know, like to me, it's, it's kind of a gray area that like, like you said, like you don't want to lie to kids. And at some point they're going to realize like, like you lied to me. You know, my, my husband you told was, me not to lie. Yeah, no, my husband whatever. was very opposed to telling them about like to play the, the whole Santa thing. And he kind of let me have it just because I think he chooses his battles. But like any good husband should. But um, at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. It was it was a betrayal. And it was a thing that we kind of had to work out as a family, because I do kind of tend to think they need to learn how to make decisions. Because as a kid who was never given like the opportunity to make choices, I, 
as you know, having to deal with me, I fucking suck at it. So I do let them make choices now, especially now that they're getting older. But you're, yeah, you're right. Like it was, it was a betrayal. It was a manipulation and it was something that they held me accountable to. And we had to have conversations about, and I don't know if I did the right thing or if I was just fucking getting myself out of being the shithead by being like, selling all this idea of like you know believing in things that aren't tangible sometimes just for and like the magic of the season being a human thing like joshua spoke to you know like i i you're right though it is it's shitty and, and but you know what though at the end of the day i sit here and i say all this and i do have that twinge of regret because i'm like i really don't want to put like a scientific lens on the magic of christmas like let you know <laughs> kind of let it be what it be you know like i still will go online on christmas eve to oh i can't remember the name of the website suddenly but they track santa Norak. thank Norak. you like i'll still go online and i'll still track santa and you know like if santa like their fire engine goes down the street you know i'll still open the door with my dog and let him bark you know maniacally and and wave to santa like I, you know, like I, a part of me like doesn't want to tear down the magic of Christmas because it is still fun. I talk, I love nothing more than finding a gift and giving it to someone and like being ridiculously excited. For me, you know, obviously it's it's only a secular holiday. I'm big into the idea of food. Next weekend, I'm going to my mother's house and we're going to bake cookies all day. So we have cookies for Christmas and, you know, we're going to, you know, the Christmas tree is going to be lit. We're probably going to put on our favorite Alvin and the Chipmunks Christmas CD while we make cookies, like that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's the food aspect. It's me being able to find this amazing gift. Like I can't wait to give, not that I'm buying Marissa any Christmas presents this year because I'm not allowed to buy Christmas presents, but her birthday is also in December. So I'm just going to be sneaky and give her two birthday presents instead of a birthday present and a Christmas <laughs> present. But like, I am so excited to like see her face. And like, maybe that's just like, you know, self-serving that like, I'm so excited to see her be so excited. But it's like, when you pick out something for somebody, like to me, that's like just so super fun. You know, like I'm just, I'm yeah. stoked to have found this thing on my own that I looked at it. And the moment I looked at it, I was like, you know, that's for that person or that is for that person. And like, that's, again, it's, it's see the magic of Christmas. It, it, it got into my heart. I don't think my heart has grown three sizes, but at least a size and a half this episode. Yeah. I'll take well, you'd it. be dead. So I'll that's... take it real quick. And I think this is the, the million dollar question based on traditional rules of naughty and nice. Do you get killed or do you get a treat? I'm when, I'm like <laughs> as i am right now or today oh i'm Ooh, dead like right <laughs> what about as a child that's actually really even more interesting little baby joe does he get taken or does he get a gift oh i i get a gift yeah <laughs> growing up yeah turn little the statue turn the yeah statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i someone who is to the you know afraid of my parents like I was the goody two-shoes so like, you get a gift baby Jackie gets I, baby a Jackie gets a gift absolutely because I was a goody two-shoe like I, growing up with an older brother that gave no fucks and I saw constantly get in trouble like constantly like Brian was just yeah. if, if he could get in trouble like on purpose he would do it like he just was always battling my parents so seeing that seeing him get yelled at seeing my mom fling wooden spoon after wooden spoon at him I'm like, I don't want that life. So I, I mean, I can tell you the number of times on, on one hand, my father yelled at me once. I got smacked as a child once. No, twice. I got smacked as a child twice. 
once because my brother told me as a, at a very young age to um at a party lift my my dress up and just say free show so i did <gasps> and i got in trouble and the second time was when uh bride and i were fighting and i come running into the room and i said brian slapped me and there is like a handprint across my face from where brian slapped me and it took my parents about a hot second to take a look at that handprint p.s my brother is was six years older than me um, the handprint on my face was very, very tiny. So <laughs> yeah, I slapped myself and I tried to take him down for it. So yeah. Uh, and like I said, I can, like, I, I lied to my mother once when I was 15, she caught me and she caught me bad. And I can honestly say that I have, I lied to my mother one time and I have not lied to my mother since. So yeah, baby Jackie absolutely gets a gift. Damn. No, Jackie, do me a favor and put on your adorable armor like Petra and come uh save me because my ass is in that sack too sweet i was a bad kid a liar a cheat i was the kid who definitely like i i remember when i was like 12 and this was all because i was just rebelling against the world but like i would go around at, on christmas eve and drink whatever was left in people's cups when they weren't looking so i was like literally drunk throwing up on the floor when i was like 10 like i was a bad bad kid and i always think to myself i stood no chance in the real world and like i actually Were you a up, bad kid or just surrounded by irresponsible adults a little bit um, of a, a little bit of b <laughs> dude if i could be like this kid in the movie wow, that kid is drunk if i could like fly in the air on the giant ball sack like like pietra did in this movie I'm here for it. I want it. I'll, that's that's like the great adventure ride of my dream. Like, let me let let's have the giant ball sack ride at Six Flags because that looked fun. Uh, baby Joshua, what about? I'm I'm dying to like envision little you. Like, I wish I can't wait to hear this. Like, I'm so excited. Oh, I was very very good. I was oh, a good kid. Man. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> just it was so shitty, you know. And I had a really young mom. I mean, my mom had me really really young, and she really shouldn't have. So like, we all knew that like life really fucking sucked. So. I mean, my siblings were assholes and did things, but I was the oldest. And so, yeah, no, I was always really the good kid. You know, I did well in school and I, you know, I got a job as soon as possible and helped contribute to bills. And, you know, so no, I was not, I mean, I did stuff like, especially as I got older and well, and I definitely felt entitled because I was like, I'm a contributing member of this house. So <laughs> if I want to stay out all night with friends. I own 51% of this company. You no, know? I mean, it was true though. I like, I was, working a lot you know and so it's like there was just there was that so I mean I guess yeah on the, the face of it I guess there were probably times I was bad but I was so parentified you know and so like you know um I was an adult you know very 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 fast so I don't know I feel like it balances out <laughs> and today it's kind of the same like my job and my life it's so shitty that hey if I want to like drink or complain <laughs> I, I think it's warranted and Santa better bring a fucking gift. I have the same mentality about my life today, too. I also think that, like, and, and yeah, you're a teacher, you're a fucking saint. It's like, fucking sorry, miserable. like, it's Santa Claus, you. <laughs> so that's very, <laughs> he kind. should be begging right? you for, uh, for forgiveness of, you know, good um, and bad. <laughs> I, um, I also wanted to speak, Jackie, when you were talking about presents, I had the thought that I grew up, like, in a relatively, like, kind of poor household and I also had a time as a mom when we were younger where we really struggled to make ends meet and I just fucking hate like I still get a pit in my stomach about buying gifts even though now I'm in a place where at least I can like 
get and they're they suck now that they're older like they want expensive shit like airpods and <laughs> nintendo switches and fucking iphones but like i i'm just i i always remember like i always think of the privilege of being able to afford gifts and i never take that for granted like because yeah. i'm so thankful that i can buy a little something for the people in my life who matter but at the end of the day like I, yeah i i don't know i think i think us now we all get presents y'all i'm gonna just throw that out there too like i think we're all oh, yeah after this year yeah oh right yeah. like the whole world there's nobody on the nice list well no there's lots of people on the naughty list this year Fuck well, that. well yeah no that's true but there's also i think a really good lesson in that and you know i think if you're honest with your kids and open with them like yeah sure you don't need to sit your nine year old down and be like oh here's all of our financial problems the way my mother did you know and the way other people were you know there just is that you know that real reality but it's still I think it's good like I remember my my both of my mother's sisters married really wealthy dudes like really rich guys and so their kids I mean it was we went to their house for the holidays and it was fucking you know Macy's Day fucking parade bullshit you know I mean it was just like you know what I mean but they would cry and complain because like well I only got three gifts but it was like you know a two thousand dollar bag it was a fucking phone it was you know jewelry I mean stuff that was like I mean just insane amounts of money you know Rolex watches I mean things that were just like we'd sit there like oh my god we could like afford rent for a year on the few gifts that they gave their kids but they were hysterical messes you know about it because they did not get enough gifts you know even though it was like 10 grand in merch you know what I mean and it was just like and they're all horrible people now and as adults they're all awful they're 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 just these sociopathic affluenza you know nightmares and you know it's like so I think that there's something in that you know of like having that conversation and being like hey I got you a nice gift it's one gift and hey lucky you there are kids who will go hungry tonight so let's all let's yeah let's be glad we're together (laughs) Josh I I hate to say it, it makes me feel a little better because I almost like I see like when when I see what the other kids are getting and then my kids get one big thing each and then a bunch of little shit. These other families, they're like, that's one of 12, you know what I mean? And I'm always, and I'm like, fuck it. They're gonna know where the people who live in the smaller house where the people who don't have the 12,000 gifts were. But I I think I'd rather that than fucking shit like affluenza and fucking- And stuff yeah. that the family can share. We love that. You know, we'd get, you know, like a new yeah. VCR yeah. you know, and movies and stuff. And it was nice. It was stuff to encourage us to be family. But instead, you know, it just all always went si- sideways. But anyways, <laughs> not all the right. point. My family's all about being included. So like if yeah. we if there if we were inviting people over and we were going to open a bunch of gifts, like my mom would be like, we need to make sure that they have something, one thing like, oh, right. someone's bringing their kid like you need to have one thing. And and it could be just like a generic thing that you had in the back or, you know, my, and that's, and like, another thing too, is that like, we were also, I, I don't know, I think in my culture, we're just very concerned with just like not overly flaunting. Cause like people who open, like it's, ne- it was never a thing growing up to open birthday presents in front of other people. Like, and like birthday presents specifically, like um, wedding shower, baby shower, that was different, but like birthday presents was never a thing that we did. And so like, I remember one time I went, I was like, I was still working at a hotel and I had Christmas day off. I had a Christmas afternoon off, but I went and I drove to my family. And then when I got there, we did presents for everybody. And then I just like asked my cousin if I could take a nap on their couch. And I remember waking up and half the party had left, but it was like my cousin and another one of the families that she's really close to. And they did a separate 
uh, exchange gift just them because they're really close, but they did it after everyone had left. And I think they forgot. I think they thought I was still asleep, but like, I was like, I was like, I could hear and I like put my eyes open and I closed again. I'm like, because, because for them, it was just like, they didn't want to be exclusionary with that. And, and that's kind of where, like, that's one of the best gifts that I think I've ever been given is that like idea of that you want to try to include as many people as possible. Oh, I kind of love that. Yeah. We always had, uh, like little, little baggies of baked goods, cookies. Like I said, we always do Christmas cookies and we always had extra bags on hand for that very reason. You know, if somebody comes and it's like, oh, you know, I've got so-and-so with me. Do you mind if they come or whatever? We always made sure. Uh, and it actually stemmed from one time my mother and I went with our, uh, we went to a party and they knew that I was coming. I was a kid and all the kids there got gifts except me. And I mean, I remember being like, ah, oh, like that sucks, but whatever. But my mom was pissed. My mom was like, you knew she was coming. Like seriously, same thing. Like go into your bathroom and grab a lotion or something and put it in a bag, do something, you know, like find, get a candle, find something for her. <laughs> she really took it. Like she was really offended. Like I said, I didn't even really, you know, I was hanging out with people and it wasn't like, you know, let's all sit around a circle and get gifts. It was, but it was like, you know, like, oh, here at one point you got a gift, you got a gift. Yeah. My mom was pissed. And because of that, she was like, I won't, I never want somebody to feel that they've been left out kind of thing. So that's, yeah, we always have, we always have something on hand for everybody that comes. Yeah, I actually do the same for my, you know, I, I try to have stuff around to like give to people. And now this year I ordered a whole bunch of stuff and I don't know what I'm going to do with it because nobody's going to be stopping by. <laughs> Anyways, so what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so let's chat Sid though, because it was fun. This was a fun. It was very fun. Also, I made the terrible mistake of ordering the dubbed over English rental. Oh, so did I. Oh, I couldn't find it in the. So, yeah, yeah I'm we, not uh, no, I was going to ask yeah. if we all had to suffer through. Oh. the English. I hate English. Mm -hmm. dub. I yeah. hate English dub. Just give me the subtitles. I did the same thing. And this English dub, like Chad and I are watching it and we were just we were pissing ourselves like there were times where we had to rewind it and go back and like just to watch it again because it was hysterically funny. Like it we just, were. Mm -hmm. Like the part in the beginning when at the very, like when the little boy's family gets killed and the mom grabs him and like the kid obviously screams, but the sub or the uh, English dub was, wow. <laughs> but then it cut and it was like yeah. the original voice. And so it made original no sense script. because the kid had like a deep voice. Like it was this American bullshit. Like, ah, ah. It was like, what yeah. in the hell is happening? Oh, we also, Chad and I also said that the, like the hitman kind of guy, the bald guy that shows up that has like the super deep voice. <laughs> right. Darth Chad was Vader. like, dude, he's like, how great would it be if that guy's real voice is like super high pitched and falsetto? <laughs> That's what I want. Uh, but I'm yeah. skipping ahead. Let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning where they rip off uh, John Carpenter's Halloween for like the first 10 minutes of the movie. Oh my God, I had that same note. I was like, this is straight up a, a John Carpenter vibe right here. Mm -hmm. um, but I was here for it because they were slaying the shit out of little kids. And I all I could think of was how excited you were going to be, Jackie, because you always feel like they're too easy on kids at horror. So this yeah. this gave you all the kills you could you could take. This had really good gore. It did. Yeah. This movie had really good gore and like dildos in the first 15 minutes. So I was like, well, this is an interesting movie. Yeah. It's like, there you go. You were like, that these are true. a few of my favorite things. You were like, I'm here for it. Just Checking like, off all the, all the things on my list. Gore, <laughs> kid death, dildos. dildos. Yeah. 
Um, can we talk about that school? Because that is some fucking bonker shit happening. If that is what it's like to go to a, a Dutch school, I want to transfer because that teacher was like, let's fucking open some dildos, motherfuckers. Like, let's fucking roast. Also, can we start writing poems for each other with every gift we give each other? Because I'm going to be like, hickory dickory dock. I got you a dildo because you don't get no cock. <laughs> like, I mean, like, <laughs> because I love the idea of having to write a poem where you like roast the person when you give them. Oh, is that not the spirit of it? Is this I'm supposed gonna... to be, was it supposed to be college or high school? I mean, either way, they all looked 40 and unnecessary. Yeah. But was this supposed to be college or high school? I was hoping for high school, even though, because like, I, I couldn't, I honestly could not tell. Because I'm just like, it's Europe, so their high school looks like college. Made a comment about being a 17-year-old boy. And I'm like, <laughs> 10 years ago, honey. Yeah. Well, they, they were going to like a sorority house or something. But uh, I don't know if that's just confusing. like... Yeah, it, it, that that was that was all really confusing, but I really hope it was high school because that would just make it even more bonkers nuts. Um, like also like the moment you see uh, St. Nicholas coming in and he's in his like full bishop drag and he has like his little shepherd's crook. And I saw that thing and I'm like, he is going to cut someone's head off with this. And I cannot wait. I'm like, this is, this is like, uh, this is awesome. Like I, this is who I want to be for Halloween now because that fucking shepherd's crook with like, cause I don't know how many times like growing up as a Catholic and you see like the archbishop coming in with the shepherd's crook and you'd be like, he could fuck people up with this. And I'm like, yes fuck people up with with this saint nicholas oh yeah when the, i actually have the note that i loved the I, the can opener decapitation he was just, that was brilliant <laughs> yeah. it was brilliant um but okay um do we want to touch on the elephant in the room with this movie the black pete's the, the black face the that, black that we face. had to endure but wait a minute so that and there were some really cringy jokes that didn't, didn't age well that they I also like, were like they made <laughs> like they, they there was something about like at the at, on the boat at the end when they were talking about the boat equipment and he's like i hope this isn't like made in china because then it won't work that's the like, joke i was referencing I was like, did they just are they being racist against chinese people now <laughs> Like we're already doing the blackface thing. Like let's let's dial it back a little bit, please. I mean, it was funnier when they made it in what Back to the Future, exactly. Right? It's like no wonder it doesn't work. It's made in Japan, and I'm like, oh, this this is very much Back to the Future. Robert Zemeckis made this joke already. We can't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, and I tell you what, it's. The guy who wrote and directed this thing, Dick Moss, known for his golden earring videos before he made this movie, which I'm so here for. Um, he did double down on the racism of a 2010 boy. That like, I, I couldn't believe that we were watching these black, like in 2010 movie, like blackface slash Black Pete ideology coming to life on the screen where they looked very primitive and problematic. But I mean, if you can get over that though. <laughs> Get over so, that, and it is a fun movie. It's it's a, it's a super fun, fun movie. movie, and so like I know nothing about like Dutch culture, right? I just know that like there's Holland and the Netherlands, and they're the same thing. And um, but but like the the only thing I the thing that I kind of had to remind myself was that there's a comedian that I follow. Her name is Michelle yeah, Buteau. I was gonna yes. bring her up too. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Oh Michelle God, Buteau. Yes. Um. So her husband is Dutch, and she has been to Holland, and she's you know this a black girl, a big black girl going to Holland, and she talks about like all of the in her comedy, she does talk about the racism and all of that there. So, um, and she has a whole like thing about uh Schwartepeet with <laughs> about. 
Black Pete as well and the little Christmas cookies that are, you know, the N word and all that stuff. So it's it's very I was like, okay, that totally kind of makes sense. And then and then the thing that kind of is interesting about it, it's like it when it's like, is it racism if like that's all if it's like all these white people, right? Because it's like, are we doing it in absence of like black people in the culture or that we've seen? But like again, they're and also like not to criticize like this is just a very funny criticism, but like the blackface was not like really black like like i'm like it wasn't like traditional where it's like let me burn the cork and then you know paint my mm-hmm. face with it it was like you know it was basically like very like just bronzer gone bad that they just did yes. on themselves i i figured that would be some of the crit- critique like what you're saying is like you know it's like this is a group of like mostly like pale skinned people that have this like you know but the reason that that doesn't fly is because when he's asked to describe what they look like, he says Will Smith and 50 Cent. So it's very clear, like they are very much in, you know, his understanding of Black Pete is as, you know, a Black person. You know, he doesn't describe them as like they were dark skinned or what, or, you know, or something, or, oh, they look like they were covered in soot. He says 50 Cent and Will Smith. So it's very, very clear that there's an understanding that Black Pete or this, the Schwarta Pete is a stand in for Black people, you know? So it's like, there's not really, there's no way around that. that yeah. That's... No, oh, they're covered in soot. Oh, they're burned. Oh, they're this. Oh, they're that. It's like, no, they're, they've clearly d- d- made a decision, a choice on. <laughs> and, and double down on it yeah, yeah no I agree double down on it that's what I was going to speak to too because you're right Joe I had the same thought I was like well maybe it's more culturally normative in 2010 in, and I again I'm talking without having a full knowledge or and I have heard c- comedy about that kind of stuff too but I oh man it's so problematic and and it was tough to look look past especially when they doubled down on it like in those moments it's only very recently like you know a few years ago it was like 70 percent of dutch people thought that you know black pete was fine now it's like 40 percent right they're making progress it's changing you know and again it's that sort of thing like you know if if a black person tells you something's racist or a queer person tells you something's homophobic or a woman tells you something's misogynistic listen (laughs) like have a conversation you know especially if you don't consider yourself part of any of those groups like maybe you're wrong (laughs) but what's hilarious about argue it with another queer person or you know what i mean like i can say like you know i think this is homophobic and somebody gay says no i don't think so we can have that conversation but i'm not interested in straight people saying no that's not homophobic you know (laughs) and i'm not interested when white people are like you know attacking you know something overwhelmingly black because i'm like i'm not interested in your opinion you know, so much. So anyways, go. What's interesting about all this, right, is that like Black Pete is like, you know, they're they're doing all this, you know, blackface and stuff. But like in just the first five minutes of the film, you see that like the Black Pete's of the, the, of the historical Black Pete's were all like white Dutch guys. <laughs> they were all, um, they were all white. And I'm like, oh, like, is it, is it because are we really the villain? Like, it's like, it, and, <laughs> and then something about like, 
um i think there was i forget when it was but it's like oh yeah he like you know takes the kids and black pete takes the kids and then ships them off to spain and i was like that is such a very specific fear i was like don't i was like can you imagine at christmas time being like say nicholas is gonna send black pete and you're gonna end up in Bert, you know gonna end up in spain that's because uh, cons- the original character is considered a spanish more oh see see so that's what that's what makes sense and then i think it was on the like in the newscast in the background in, in one of the scenes where it was like you know we're we're concerned with our relationship with this with spain at this point <laughs> um, and i thought that was just hilarious because it seemed such a throwaway um yeah. and there might be more conversation there truly so i you know what i mean there might be more going on than just that understand especially since i don't speak dutch and i don't know the same i'm not too aware of Dutch culture, but just on the surface. <laughs> Jackie, your face right now. The, the Black Pete mythology is fascinating as like a Cuban because it is like, like obviously like the colonization from the Spanish into Cuba was a very legit problem for us. And I was so convinced there was going to be a stronger like connection between Latino history and Black Pete, but nah, man, that is some white people shit right there. Like, <laughs> 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 all just tethered to these old Sinterklaas mythologies and slavery <laughs> and like it's it's bonkers um can we talk about the fact that this movie and the balls have pediatric cancer kids get killed by like holy <laughs> crap y'all <laughs> I actually really love that I was like no one is safe when oh. St. Nicholas has come to town I Freddy, was like it's Freddy Claus or Santa Kruger yeah it was just it was so good I was like I'm actually here for this um because I was like, okay, well, no one, this, because it kind of underscores like why this is terrible. Because, like, yeah, okay, one kid's family 32 years ago gets, you know, wiped out and now he's a little nutso about it. But now it's like, oh no, we have this entire cancer ward. And you can see them when, like, they had their like shoes underneath their beds with their gifts for, <laughs> for St. Nick. Um, but I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I, yeah, I have to admit, like, I was like, oof. Like, I was like, I mean, <laughs> Black Pete made me oof. Like, the inappropriate Asian jokes made me oof. But then having the kids in the cancer ward get all fucking, I was like, oof. But I was, yeah, I was here for it, which does They were so happy at first to see him. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> That's see, I have to admit, I'm not, I was like, oh no, sweet baby angels, no. And like, it, it definitely got me. It's, it's not unlike when you take your kid or, for my case, my niece and my nephew, when you take them to the mall to see Santa. When we're in line and we're wrapping around and getting closer and closer, we're so excited and there's the tree and the big presents and yes, and I can't wait. And we look at all the lights and it's amazing and we're so excited. And then you pay $40 for the package of pictures and you put the kid on their lap and they lose their fucking mind. Like every single time. (laughs) Like my niece we stopped doing pictures when she was two because the first two years of pictures, or I guess maybe like, you know, before she turned one and then she was one and then she was two. Every single picture, she's losing her mind. To the last point of the last picture that she got when she was little, she actually has my brother and her mom sitting with Santa and even still losing her goddamn mind. So yeah, I kind of equated that to taking your kids to see Santa at the mall because they get super excited until the moment that it's time to sit on Santa's lap. And then it's, fuck this noise. Who's this guy? He's a stranger. Like, I don't want any part of it. And 
And he smells like old whiskey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> beef, beef and beer. <laughs> I liked the ending being a cover up. I thought it spoke well to like how our governments and our, you know, media manipulate us and like don't want us to know truth. But I mean, this this to me was a more vapid of the two, I guess, as far as like really diving into, you know. Yeah, uh, this this was, was fun. this was <laughs> fun. It definitely was fun. It had, as you said, some oof moments. Uh, but overall was very fun. I'm not mad that I paid $3 to rent it. I'm still just burned by the English dub. Like I want to mm-hmm. see this again with Me subtitles. We, we're going to have to buy it. Like we're yeah. going to have to buy a subtitle version. Cause I, it, you're right. It wasn't easy to come by. Cause at first I literally was willing to buy another rental to try to like get myself out of watching mm-hmm. the bad dubs. And I couldn't, find it yeah Yeah, i was sad it didn't have the option because it did make it like for me personally like almost unwatchable because i it took like i tried watching it last night and i just kept finding myself like just fading off of it because of the way that it just it was just hard to like stay focused on it and then again today i put it on and was like I got to watch this. And my brain is like over here. Cause I'm like, this is so terrible. It's like, you know, like everybody. It was really hard to get used to, especially in the beginning, because you're seeing this stuff go on and it is Christmas time. I am excited for Christmas. I right. am singing a song for St. Nicholas. Aren't you? It just, <laughs> it just was just some of the worst. Some it's of like the They were just I, sent I just, the script and they just read yeah, the line. I just, you know? you know, and it just, it didn't. And uh, I know some people are against subtitles. They don't like reading. It feels like they can't they can't watch the movie and read the subtitles, but Joe. Oh. I lo- I needed subtitles. I was actually looking to see <laughs> if there was like an the original language track in the no, stuff. And and I will say that like, you know, subtitled movies are fine for me. I love there's plenty of them. But I say that with a caveat of I have terrible hearing. So even on my like Netflix, everything is subtitled for me because yeah, I have such a hard time hearing. So for me, subtitles are nothing. I know yeah. some people don't like subtitles, but I think just English dub is the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I comprehend better when I can read it. Me yeah. too. So me too. I leave everything with subtitles because it just makes it easier that I yeah. like I'm, you know can read it. Yeah, yeah it, th- that was just the big thing. And and again, when you do a translation with dubbing, like that's why some of it I'm like, is this funny? Like I don't get how it's funny. Yeah. You know, and it's like trying to translate humor is difficult. And so I feel like, yeah, if I would have had like just the original in their tones of voices and then, you know, a really, really good translation, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it would have been more enjoyable, but certainly gore wise. And, you know, I mean, overall, like I could see that it was like, this is fun and gross and weird, very weird and a fun, you know, kind of twist. Uh, Again, I love Krampus. So this was very much in in line with that kind of vibe. And again, um, it also reminds me of like a nightmare on Elm street, like it all burned the whole thing. It just, I was like, this is, this is hilarious, you know, in in that sense, but yeah, the English. Even put the, the burn makeup on the horse which yeah, I thought was really yeah, cool. I noticed that. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, no, they, they had a good attention to detail in a lot yeah. of in a lot of ways in this. So, um, and again, a, a fun story. It just yeah, could have yeah. I think it would have been better without the dub because it was it was as you we pointed out, it was just awful. Oh no! Wow! Wow! Also, like <laughs> I just love it because it's like. <laughs> At least with rare exports, like if you were bad, you were going to get taken in this in uh, Scent, everyone was done. Like, it's like I have a vendetta against all of Amsterdam. 
<laughs> and I want you and I want you all to burn um, as you burn me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was it was a little bonkers, but I was here for it. Um, anything else, Jack? Well, no. that's everything for all me. Right. Um, so we obviously want to thank our guests, uh, Joshua and Joe. Thank you so much for being on. <laughs> I love that you laugh, but I say that. Um, thank you so much for joining us for Christmas fun. Um, or not so fun, depending on your perspective. With um, I know. Like I said, labor trafficking, child murder, I blackface. Know. What the hell kind of show are you running here? I know, seriously. <laughs> we're rebranding. I, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're rebranding in 2021. <laughs> 2021 we launched gabagool <laughs> gabagools the gabagools um i i st- yeah the human trafficking at the end of rare exports does really <laughs> much like black peat puts a slightly sour taste in your mouth but what are the holidays if not for that slightly sour taste that comes they shipped him to africa they shipped him to tanzania i was like wow this is they're this not is, even trying yeah it's yeah, a whole <laughs> conversation it's very willy wonka with the oompa loompas it's it like is. oh this is fun but let's not think too much about the oompa loompas Ex- exactly like uh, <laughs> if you just don't think about the slavery slash human trafficking it's all good fun and it's or the, the uh yeah or all black feet you just gotta kind of you know yeah. <laughs> like I said, much like the holidays, just kind of take the sweet with the sour and call it a day. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, oh, this was man. a lot of fun. So thank you all for inviting us. It's just always such a joy to, oh. to chat with the two of you. I mean, uh, I can't wait till we can be in the same room again. <gasps> Me too. I know. Yeah. I'm going to be. We're going to do it. We're going to we're going to get through this. We're going to get it. And we're going to have cons again. And we're going to be right there. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't. And wait. then just just so you all know, I. I sent a, like a list, like a, I did like a, one of my friends was like, I want to start getting into horror. I'm like, great, here's your primer. And they are, this was during Halloween season and they're saving Anna and the apocalypse to watch with, uh, with their partner, like in during Christmas time. And I'm like, okay, well just let me know. Cause then I'll rewatch it. So that way I can <laughs> listen to those songs again. Oh my God. Um, no such thing as a Hollywood ending might be on my Christmas mix. I, I can't help it. I love that movie. Um, guys, can you tell us a little bit about where our audience can find you? Because I am obsessed with your show and I think everybody else needs to be too. <laughs> well, you can find us everywhere at Fright School. Uh, we're on the Instagram and the Facebook and all of that. We're not on the TikTok, whatever that is. Um <laughs> But you can find us all those places. We're on Apple Podcasts and Google Play, finally, and a bunch of other places. So just Google Fright School and there will be. Not unlike Fright School, you can find Jersey Ghouls by searching Jersey Ghouls on your favorite podcast app everywhere on social media. It's super easy. You're going to go onto your favorite social media and just type Fright School. You're going to find them. You're going to type Jersey Ghouls. You're going to find us. So go do that. Go find us, like, subscribe, comment, go on iTunes, give Fright School five stars, give Jersey Ghouls five stars, and spread the Christmas cheer. And don't forget to leave out a, a nice plate of antipast for the gabagool as we get closer and closer to the holiday. You don't want to get on his bad side, y'all. Some olives, some prosciutto, some uh, maybe a little gabagool. Maybe. Don't be silly. That's not an antipast, okay? Come yeah. on. <laughs> You know, every time I think you're coming along in your Italian training, you do something like that, that I get, I get upset with you. <laughs> is the gabagool, is it like, is it like Big Pussy from Sopranos? <laughs> he like comes in and he's just like, you know. Exactly. That is exactly. 
exactly like that. I would say him meets like the Carvel Fudgy the Whale would be my how I would describe the 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 Gabagool. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. That was so fun, you guys. Thank you for being on with us. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 